Hello and welcome to another edition of the What You Think Podcast. My name is William Royal. I have with me, as always, my friend and my co-host, Max Ferris. Howdy. 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 Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back again. And, and another. Yes. <laughs> uh, what's going on? Um, Got to shake the rust off a little bit, I feel. Yeah. We're, we... Uh, I feel like that intro was a little rusty. We played a little, put a little bit of degreaser on the pod Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago, and then scheduling is hard. Yeah, you know it's the fall. We just got stuff going on. It's it's busy. It has been busy. Is is fall always busy? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Is it busier for you because school starts up again? Uh, well, yeah, just in general. So like in the spring, my Saturdays are like a free, totally free. Well, you choose you. Everything's a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Everything's okay. a choice. I just want to make sure that we're not saying your schedule is booked by things out of your control. No, no, no. You're no, watching no. football. No, no, no. You're right. You're completely right. Okay. It's but it's not just football. It's like other stuff too. You know, I just feel like there's more going on in the fall. No, I would agree. I would agree. Like so yesterday I'm fidgeting with slot you know, boots because I, I it's in that. the position. Because it's in what? It just feels weird. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Now you're leaning. Because you got too much weight. Heavily. Yeah. That's I, okay. I'll riff while you. Yeah, while yeah, you yeah. So yesterday, uh, we went to the TCU game. We'll get into that. We'll, we'll get into it later because, I mean, just a Cinderella story. Okay. It's just been phenomenal. I wasn't really paying attention yesterday. Not the so. game, just the season. It's oh, okay. been so fun. Um, yeah. But we went to the game yesterday, but then we had a church fundraiser right after that. And so we went straight to that, and um, which is great. Like, it's all good things. Busyness is not, you know synonymous with bad at right. all it's like it's good stuff so i agree so then we got i mean we got home it was probably i think we left for the game at like 9 30 and i think we got home at like six so it was like a you know full day of of stuff and then yeah i mean today same deal it's like church in the morning and then i have a meeting later today for like most of the evening so it's like it's fine but right. it just but what ends up happening is monday rolls back around it's like oh yeah we're back and then and then it's just like because of that, I feel like everything ends up going faster. And so now it's November 6th, and we have Thanksgiving in like three weeks. Right. And then Christmas will be right around the corner. Right. And then it's the new year. And and that's crazy. And then I feel like when the, when spring comes around, because I feel like there's a little bit less going on over the weekends. The holiday season is, be- is busy. Oh, it's crazy. It's very busy. Yeah. I love it, though. I do like it. I kind of want to... You you told me something the other day that I've been thinking about a little bit as it pertains to holidays. Was it about Christmas music? Mm, and just the Christmas season in general. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember do you what you said? I said that... Um, and I this is an original thought. Hannah said this to me okay. the other day. Is that the Christmas season is more exciting and enjoyable than the day itself. Hundred percent, and I think that if you don't get into the season early enough, the day is just comes and goes, and you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, yeah," and then it's gone. That also could be just a product of being in Texas; it doesn't mm, ever feel right. too wintry, right? Because it's typically pretty um, warm still, right? But I also do think that the season itself is is better. Okay, I agree with you, hundred percent. My question would be. So this is like everybody gets in a stink about this every year. Oh, it's not even Halloween yet. And now it's we're getting Christmas commercials on TV. Everyone's decorating for Christmas. Like 
you walk into Target or whatever store and they have all their Christmas stuff out. Right. And then people complain about that. But what you're saying is that's a good thing, essentially. I feel like people complain about that less these days. I remember that being a big stink when we were growing up. Uh-huh. But I, I feel like people get more excited about it earlier these days. We should keep calling things a stink. Uh, did you call it a yeah, stink? Yeah, I did, and then you did. And I just think it's funny. I, I It was on my brain. <laughs> I maybe because you. you said it, yeah. Um, nice. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, okay, so you, you're you're in. You're, uh, you're all I, for it. So, I, and I'll say this. I do think that the stretching of the season is a product of consumerism mm-hmm. because that's happening oh, because stores want you to buy the stuff right. and buy it earlier. But I don't think it's a bad thing. No. Hmm. Or, so, or maybe it is Maybe it is something that we have to accept. So what do you say to people whose general idea is like, okay, but the whole thing is it, it essentially skips over other holidays like do you have a skipping over what holiday? well like halloween for example, if you start too early it skips over halloween if you start not quite that early but it, let's say you're a november 1st christmaser you're skipping over thanksgiving i would say that just pause for thanksgiving you're so, cel- you you, you have the still... season happening but there is no season of thanksgiving just like there's no season of valentine's mm-hmm. no season of july 4th i think there, that there the, is a christmas season though I, I do think so, yes. So here's maybe a – would you define the Christmas season as including November? Like essentially, would you say Thanksgiving is included in the Christmas season? And you just – it's just part of it. You ought to just celebrate it normally and just – are. we should just assume mentally like when we get out of Halloween that it's Christmas season and Thanksgiving is included in that. But it's separate. I'll do, have to do some editing. With You're that one. Have to edit yeah. That yeah, one. yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, um, that's going on. What you think after dark? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, that side railed me. Um, <laughs> side, I'm fully so sidetracked. You were saying they ought to be separated. <laughs> Gosh dang it. <laughs> yeah. Christmas is a season. Thanksgiving is a day. Christmas came before, um, but but pause the Christmas for the Thanksgiving, right? And 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 then continue on. So the question is, can you listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving? I feel weird about that, okay. but I'm excited about seeing decorations. Okay, see, that's kind of where I land. I, I won't I won't listen to Christmas music on the radio. Maybe I'll play it in my house mm-hmm. here and there. Um, so in terms of music, no, but decorations, yes. Okay, I kind of agree with that. Because I feel like growing up, I just like, especially when, you know, before we had like Spotify and all that stuff, and you could just easily play all this music in your car, I would listen to the radio all the time. And so, man, as early as like November, it would just be Christmas music all the time. And there would be, you know, a handful of those radio stations that like for a month or two. They just they're only put their normal stuff aside and just play Christmas, Christmas music. And I always got really tired of it. So I kind of would make a just like a mental, a hard, fast like, rule in your mind. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to listen to any of this before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Which I feel like musically is is still plenty of time. I to agree. Enjoy because let's be honest. There's not that much Christmas. Right. Out there. And a couple weeks in, 
once you hear once you hear jingle bells know, or five freaking, times yeah, or uh i carry one all, oh. all, all i want for christmas is yeah. you i i if i hear um i saw mommy kissing santa claus more than two times i'm over it the funny thing about that is i feel like especially in stores it's like they only play the the christmas songs you don't want to hear yeah it's like that it's like uh santa baby and i saw mommy kissing santa claus and just uh, the weird ones jingle bell rock i don't hate jingle bell rock really no or which one is that is that rocking around the christmas tree jingle bell, i like that one rock. that one's fun really yeah that always reminds me of that scene from mean mean girls which is a good scene it's a great scene yeah so so then take back your statement okay retracted okay cool um what was i gonna say oh you mentioned like playing music christmas music around the house during christmas time i'll tell you what man there is not there's not much better than like a, a nice evening gathering with people when there's just some christmas music playing in the background playing softly in the background it's just it's a it is a total vibe. We we ought to do more Christmas gatherings. Oh, I don't do enough gatherings. Of yeah, friends, I, I, feel like. I feel like we're kind of at that point in our life. We did this with uh, with Halloween. We did like a pumpkin carving deal. You know what we should do? I'm going to say this on air so there's some accountability. Okay. We should rent out the clubhouse down, downstairs oh, and have nice. a group of people over. That would be super fun. And like fun. extend it past the... Yeah, just have a little Christmas essentials. party. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. That would be a blast. Yeah, let's do that. I'm, I'm in. Okay, cool. I don't know the logistics of that. I looked. I tried to look it up one time, but I think you got to talk to somebody. I'm I'm tight with Ivana. Okay, we're homies. Y- y'all have talked about. We've had to we've had to hash some things out. That makes sense. So, you, you had some issues, so we'll. I feel like I'm in good standing with her. And okay. I could probably be like, you figure let me it rent out. this. Let me let, 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 let me let me rent it now. Free. Well, well, be be careful. Nah, I'm not gonna be mean, but yeah. But anyway, where how do we get onto that? Uh, oh, we're just, we're just, just catching up and yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Do do you feel as though the topic today should ha- would have a lot of content? Should we move on to the segments I, we here? I kind of peeled some of it back. Oh, did you? Because okay. I I do feel like it. I uh, I could ha- we could have had a lot of discussion today. Okay, and I just want to. I don't want to go be time. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go too far over. How long we're going? What did you say? Con- oh, conscious. Cognizant. Cognizant. That's what I said. Conscious of time, cognizant of time. Feels Whatever. Good. I don't know. I don't know words. Feels right to me. I did a crossword puzzle today, or Just actually the past two the days over a retreat. Oh, fun! Yeah. How was your retreat? It was great. It was a lot of fun. Really? We played. Uh, I mean, obviously the sessions were good. Worship was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I played soccer for probably an nice. hour and a half, two In that hours straight. Soccer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was. I mean, I am so sore. Oh, I'm sure. Everything from like mid core down is. Just toast. Nice. Yeah. I don't play soccer, so. Well, I mean, that was the game that people were playing. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't play basketball or. We played like a lot of basketball soccer. at our retreat, and it was fun. It was cold and rainy, though. Oh, that's Y'all a, had a really nice. We, it was beautiful. Yeah. I also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blast this out there. Um, you know Layla, right? Oh yeah, the dancer. Um, she was doing some little, some little dance stuff over on the basketball court. So I went over and was trying to mimic her, and apparently I have. She was telling me, and I did multiple things. But apparently I have, like, innate good dancing skills. I feel like that's something we've known for a while. But, like, this was like I was doing, like, the little, like, she like, was, like, like teaching me steps. Technique. and I, Yeah, I have technique. Hmm, that's interesting. She, she was telling me that, like, 
what I did yesterday in 15, 20 minutes takes regular adults weeks to learn. Really? That, that is what she was saying. Huh. I can't tell. I still don't fully want to believe her and want to think maybe she was just hyping me up so I wouldn't leave or whatever. She is a rather encouraging person. But I also, other people were there like commenting and, and on it and, were... and they were saying the same things. How does that make you feel? I, it was, I mean, it was good. I don't love being the center of attention like that right. necessarily. Okay. Well, it's then, not where I, then here's a question for you. Cause I received a picture last night. That's different though. That's, <laughs> that's my party trick. Continue. <laughs> full though. splits. You were just full splits in this picture. In what appeared to be maybe on a stage. It, it was on a stage. <laughs> and that picture actually was staged because your mom didn't get a picture of the I, original I splits. I figured because the timeline didn't add up. My mom had texted me that y'all were playing a game and that. You busted out the splits, which I was like, of course, it's what he does. And then I received a picture probably 30 or 45 minutes later. And I was like, there's no way that was – it had to oh, have been later. right, right, right. So, yeah. No, but, but, but no, that's but my – But it's the splits, you're, you're cool with it. Right, because that's my party trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, a, it's a quick little thing. And people go crazy and they get out of there. Right. But, like, the continuous eyeballs is what's not my, uh, okay. my favorite thing in the world. I can see that. How, um, how many people came up to you post-splits and said something? Probably five, at least. Yeah. And then it, it continued on today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is, I mean, it's, it's fine. Yeah. But it's like, those are like small but little that's conversations. Different. That's different than like you being up in front of a group of people. Abs- absolutely. presenting something or doing something and, and like the attention is on you. Correct. Yeah. And I just don't, that's not where I. Not where you thrive. Not really, no. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe I could, but it's not a, it's not a thing that I do on a regular basis. Right. And so I don't have. Any like uh, history of comfort yeah. with that? Yeah, that makes sense. I do. I have to do that. Well, you quite have to regularly. Yeah. So, but you kind of grew up, <clears throat> yeah, doing that. Yeah. So I feel like if you get that as a kid, oh, it's much easier oh, to absolutely. carry into adult. Yeah. I was a, I was kind of a shy kid. You know what's an interesting thing, kind of on this, and then we can move on. Okay. Uh, something that I've realized over the last few years, I would way rather. I, I say rather. As if it, if we're just talking about comfort level, mm-hmm. I would way rather be speaking to a group of hundreds than like thirty. Interesting. It is significantly harder to when, speak to a group of thirty to a hundred than it is to do like a hundred plus. What? When have you spoken to a hundred plus? Um. Well, I maybe spoken is the wrong word, like le- leading worship or things like that. But I, I mean, I've spoken at church. That's more than a hundred. Okay. But like speaking to a smaller group where you're like, just cause it's more intimate. Like, what yeah, is it's your- like you, essentially this is what I've noticed when you have a larger group, that group becomes faces. Does that make sense? Mm. And actually, I, t- I totally and you know what you're saying. You can kind of remove yourself from a little, little bit of dissociation. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can just, you have what you're saying and you can just do that. When there's 50 or 40 or 30 people in the room and you're looking around, like you, you're seeing individual people. Right. And I, so, you know what? I would agree. I would agree with you. More difficult. Yeah. You're seeing their expressions or lack thereof. You're seeing their reactions to what you're saying. Like, right. You're looking, I, I could be looking around and I'm speaking and then I look over here and that person is completely not paying attention and this person's on their phone and you know what I mean? It's like, right. 
you see all of that. Whereas if you're on a stage and there's 200 people or 150 people, it's like, it just kind of becomes more of like a crowd. Right. Yeah. I remember doing like speeches in like speech class Mm -hmm. and that's freaky. But then when I did our graduation speech, right. Like you can kind of, Oh yeah. It wasn't that bad. Oh yeah. hundred percent. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I I, know I'm on your side now. Yeah. I, one of the, one of the most difficult, like speaking things I ever had to do. We did this like, preaching workshop when i was an apprentice and we split it up into really small groups and so there were like four people oh. <laughs> yeah. and so you had to give up and it was like a normal i don't think it was like normal in length but i think you had to you know do like you normally would right and it was just really, you got to make sure you make eye oh, contact with every person going back and forth between four people right sitting five feet across from you that's rough it was pretty rough but it was also yeah, a good experience anyway but I just thought I would take note of that. Um, let's do let's do just a quick football check-in. A f- football check-in, okay. and then we can go to uh, guess that year. Okay, cool. So first, with a, with our little football check-in, I mean, so I guess when was our last podcast? Four weeks ago. It was it was a while ago. Yeah. So we've had you know quite a bit of of college football. Um, I think I've talked before about this other pool that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You have. Yeah. I'm just crushing it. Because you picked K-State in that group, and right? Tennessee. Unfortunately, they oh. both lost yesterday. But they've both put together so many top 25 wins that I'm just cruising. Yeah. It's been great. Are you are you top of that pool? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. That's cool. So that's fun. Um, with our team, so I got K-State. You have Wake, is that right? Wake. Correct. And then Holly picked. Uh, we haven't Oklahoma's. even addressed. Oh, we haven't addressed that <laughs> <Sorry>. yet. Sorry. <laughs> Holly, she's no longer. Oh my gosh, she's sleeping. If I seem distracted today, it's because I am um, doing content and producing at the same time. So she's she's asleep. Ironically, she's just behind this wall (laughs) right here. But she is the soundest sleeper of all time. She won't even. She won't even hear. No fan or anything. I don't know. I don't think so. Do you do a you do a fan? Right? I have two fans. Yeah, yeah. you have to. Yeah, it, it's not even necessarily for the sound. I love the airflow. See, I'm I'm a proponent of both. But I think if you had to, if you were asking me which one do you primarily use it for, it's the sound. Really? I just, I cannot stand hearing what's happening outside of the room. If I'm trying to sleep and I hear doors or noise of any kind outside of the room, like I'm going to hear it. And it's just. Even when you're in deep sleep? Um, like in the middle of the night, probably not. But like falling going to sleep? sleep and in the morning, yes. How long does it take you to fall asleep? You think? <clears throat> and we get so sidetracked I on this know, show; it's I crazy. Uh, it doesn't take me very long. I mean, pillow, pillow to oh, well, you're disease. talking like when I choose to rest my head down. Yeah, yes, pillow disease. It's five minutes for Tops. you. Tops. Yes. Yeah, that's probably. I I mean, I would guess maybe even under. It could be. Within 30 seconds for me sometimes. That's how Lindsay is. Lindsay will literally fall asleep in seconds. Yeah. It's I mean, I can I can really do it. There was something that I that I taught myself. I don't know where I got this from. I don't know how I learned it. But I got a breathing thing. Mm. And I can just slow my breath to whatever sleep breath right. is, and I, I'm out. You ever heard of the, like, I think it's the marine way of going to sleep or something like that? Um, No. I, I, man, this is, it doesn't matter. Let's move on. We're going to get so sidetracked. Good call. Good call. Um, football, football, (laughs) wake, Ole Miss, K state. Okay. So Ole Miss is, I believe six and two. I think they had a bye week this week. Okay. Second in the sec West. Oh, 
behind LSU, who beat Alabama last night. I have, a, I have to say something. Okay. I've thought about this as the year's gone on. In our What You Think About College Football podcast, mm-hmm. I made a statement about uh, Alabama okay. returning both of their coordinators this year. And there was a stat going around that when Alabama has returned, obviously, their <clears throat> offensive and defensive coordinators, they have gone on to win the national championship. I think the last two times they've done that. I don't think that's going to happen this year. It's, just, it's literally not going to happen. Will they make the playoff, you think? No, they can't. They're, they already have two losses. Oh. They lost to Tennessee and they lost to LSU. So I don't think they can even make the SEC championship game. Wow. So And they that? play Ole Miss this weekend, which like legit could be a loss. I don't know if it will be, but it definitely could. Uh-huh. So like Alabama, this is the worst year they've had. In years? I think since they... Lost to Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl in like 2011 or 12, somewhere around wow. there. Wow. So, anyway, I was wrong. Okay. And that's fine. That I'm is fine. fine with that. Here's my worry. You want to hear about my worry? I want to hear your worry. Alabama is doing so poorly this year that they're clearly not going to make the playoff, which means they'll probably make a New Year's Six Bowl. My worry is if TCU happens to miss the playoff, by a certain, you know, if they lose to Texas this weekend or Baylor next weekend or even in the Big 12 championship game, uh-huh. I don't think they'll make the playoff. The The playoff committee is looking for a reason to not put TCU in this playoff. Which kind of makes sense. It makes sense. It's fine. It's anno- It's frustrating. It's though. SEC bias. It's brand bias. I Like someone said the other day, if you were looking at this same team with this same record and all of that, but it was OU on their helmet, they would be ranked number four in the playoff. That's, that's 100% true. Absolutely. Or Texas. Because Texas has two losses, and they're ranked like number 14 or 15. Yeah. If TCU had two losses, they wouldn't be ranked top 25. No, so not anyway, even close. Yeah. It, it's a thing, but it's also a money thing. TCU has a much smaller... Right. You know, they have a much smaller, like, alumni base. It's, like, it's impressive that they're at where they're at. 100%. Yeah. Oh, it's... Yeah. I could, I could get on that, but oh, I won't. But you're, you're, it is, you're getting there. <clears throat> I am, but... All that to say, it's it could set up that a two-loss or three-loss Alabama ends up making a bowl game against good old TCU. And here's the thing. Alabama has losses, but they're still a really good team. Absolutely. And so that could be a bummer. I don't know if TCU could compete with the likes of Alabama. You know There's possibility. We'll see how TCU handles Texas this weekend. That's true. We'll see. We'll see. Texas only lost by one to Alabama. Yeah. However... That doesn't mean much. It's matchups and all that. Right. But anyway, uh, Kansas State lost last night to Texas, which is their third loss of the year. So they're six and three. But they whopped OK State last week, right? They sure did. Forty-eight to zero. Wild, wild so, score. I still think Kansas State um, has a road to the Big Twelve championship game. Mm-hmm. So they're still going to do fine. I feel good about them as my my pick. Uh, How's Wake doing? Wake played who did they play that might have to be something you look up because oh, i can't remember off the top of my head they played it was a ranked matchup yesterday i wish i could remember who oh, it we're was. about to lose power to this All laptop right. yeah how bad uh it says your mac will sleep soon unless yeah. plugged into a power outlet Yeah, we're fine okay. if we're if we're um if it's if we still have like five percent we'll be fine I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, I've, I haven't used a Mac before. This is really hard to use for me. It shouldn't be this hard. In fact, that's one of their... Um, yeah, how do you not know how to use a Mac? I just couldn't find it, dude. Hold on. 
This is great podcasting. Uh, I, well, it's... Oh, they lost to NC State oh. yesterday. So that... that They're 6-3 and three now. So that's still fine. Yeah, it's fine. So right now, Holly's beating us. Right. But they're so, unranked now. They were ranked. Wake is unranked. Yeah. Uh, Bummer. That is unfortunate. Well, that concludes our college football check-in. We'll check in next time. Um, do, you, do you have a, a think you'd like to shout out? Nope. You don't have anybody? Not a soul? No, I don't. Okay. I can't think of anybody. Gosh. <laughs> Hannah got a soft shout out last week. I'll give her a shout out. I'll give her a full shout out this week. Cool. Um, she's a she's a she's a thinker through. And she's through. a thinker through and through. Yeah, that's great. Committed. You know what? We should. This is a great thing. You know why she deserves an extra shout out? Why we uh we went to trivia this past week. Oh, uh huh. And uh, I think she's come to trivia once or twice before with us and. Mm-hmm. Has not performed well. Well, trivia is hard. Trivia is hard. And Don't, the trivia that we go to is pretty tough. It's, it's tough. There's African geography. There's science, you know, chemistry. Like, it, it's it's pretty rough. Yeah. Hannah had, like, three questions. Two, two or three, for and, sure. And I mean, like, that I don't think any, uh, like, the rest of us would have gotten. And they were right off the bat. Right. She knew it. Yeah. So she was a valuable member of that of our team this past week. So, so shout out. Shout out. That, I suppose, brings us to our next segment. And it's time for Guess That Year. How did you not think of it? Oh, we're just going to go back and forth? Guess That Year. (laughs) Um, All right, William. Let's go. It is time for Guess That Year. Uh, I'm going to give you five facts about this year, and you're going to tell me what year it was. In this year. You know what? I should have picked my facts before I uh, led into this. Look at them. I hadn't even looked at them. No. You were just gonna roll roll through this. Well, yeah, yeah, I was. The problem is that this is going in uh, in order. You know what would be kind of fun? What would be fun if I just randomly guessed a year before I know any of the facts? Guess a year, and then (laughs) seventeen sixty one. Okay. Uh, in this year, the Seventeenth Amendment of the United States Constitution is ratified by Congress. Okay. In this year, wait, the amendment was ratified. It was ratified. Okay, correct. Okay, that helps, I suppose. In this year, the thirty-ninth Kentucky Derby ended with Roscoe Goose winning aboard Don Rail. <laughs> Great. In this year, Yankees commit eight errors and still beat the Tigers ten to nine in ten innings. Just in a game. In a game. Okay. Just a game. Uh, also, Astros won last night. I couldn't care less. They're cheaters. They're cheaters. Congrats, I guess. Oh, losers. I hate Houston. I'll say it on. I'll say it on the air. I'm with you. Just the whole city. The whole thing, so. man. Gosh, uh, this is a bad guess that year segment, and it's all my fault. I, I'll be fully, hey, fully we, frank we about said it. We were shaking some rust off. That's In okay. this year, okay. Romania declares war on Bulgaria. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, let, let me give you something from later in the year because this is a it's an order of. In this year, MLB Washington Senator Walter Johnson wins his 36th game. How is that a thing? Let me give you a better thing. (laughs) 
it's two baseball stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the baseball's been around for a while. That's so it kind of gives you a clue of where we are. I mean, yeah, it does give me. Oh, it gives me a floor. It does give you. Well, yeah, that's true. Which I think we've talked about when baseball was like first, and it was a lot earlier than I thought, but way earlier. Um, in this year, the first pilot parachutes from an aircraft. Ooh, that that's very helpful. Yeah, and that's your last fact. That's great. Okay, uh, I'm going to tell you right now. 1700s yeah. was off. Yeah, and that's off. fine. I just had a, you know, I just thought I might give it a shot. Okay. Seventeenth Amendment was ratified. We had some baseball stuff, and then first parachute parachute out of a plane. Okay, let's go. Oh, in the the Bulgaria War. Bulgaria. I want to say that the Wright brothers and that whole deal was like oh seven somewhere around there. So I'm gonna go two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of work done. Let's go nineteen fourteen. Oh my gosh, you are so close. It was 1913. That's 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 pretty cool. All right. That's that's very good. All I like right. that. I like Let's that. Let's go. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. It ended up being great. Yeah, it was great. Okay. Let me pass this yeah, back pass to you. pass that over to me because I have a question for you, Max. What you got, William? I think this is going to be a fun one. Uh, who did you vote for? <laughs> that is not what we're doing. <laughs> they They can already see it, so I clicked the button too soon. Oh, <laughs> what do you think about? Uh, sorry, uh, what you think about Christian music? You know what, William? That's an interesting topic, and I'm glad we're going to dig into it today. Cool. I'm glad too. Um, I don't, I don't have any like. You don't have any. Well, no, no, no. no. I, have I don't nothing? have any like concise thoughts that I can okay. say. Um, uh, one, I would say it's important. Okay. Um, I grew up listening to it almost solely. Okay. Cool, cool. Cool. Um, and I'm excited to talk about it. Do you gotcha. have any? Do you have any first, just quick little, quick little one? Yeah, I mean, about I, it? I kind of alluded to this earlier. This is a topic that I, I mean, this could, we could go all kinds of ways with this. Mm-hmm. And I do. I have some things that I am excited to. To I guess a, a caveat. This is you know we've said this many times. Like we do this as a hobby. This is fun for us. Correct. We don't. In any way, shape, or form, attempt to sway anyone's opinions on anything most of the time, you know, unless we're like, you know, this is the thing, you should. Right. Which is, you know. We also have very little authority on sure. the subjects sure, we're, sure. we're and talking on, about. Yeah, on most things we talk about. It's, it is, we've said it over and over, like, we are, we know that this is an entertainment podcast. Entertainment. Mostly for our family and friends. <laughs> so, like, we're not attending. And those three Germans that keep That's listening. That's true, yeah. Which, let's go. <laughs> Germany. Care- careful. I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good cars, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let's move from that very, very fast. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, so this topic is one that I think we could, like, and I think in some ways we will kind of jump into a little bit more depth than we have on some of our other topics, mm-hmm. um, just because of the nature of the subject yeah of the subject and so we hope you enjoy it we hope it's something that you know maybe gets you thinking but in no way shape or form are max and i like trying to convince you of anything or sway anyone's opinions on like christian it's like yeah it's christian music it's like a very niche genre and and we'll get into that but i just wanted to say that so just in case people see this and they're like what the heck like what is this right so Good, but, little, good, good little caveat. Yes. That was appreciated. Um, I just thought it was necessary. But yeah, so 
I have a similar, it's like, man, I, so ironically, like uh, in the car, so Lindsay and I typically drive to church separately because mm-hmm. I go to lead worship, but I didn't this morning. Oh. Um, just, I just didn't want to. I just said, I'm not doing it. I don't think that's what happened. I was off. Someone else was doing it. Um, it's Dion. So. Stain. Stain, baby. Um, Stain, baby. And we were on our <laughs> way, <laughs> we were on our way to church. And listening to some Christian music, some worship music on the way there. And there's just a very nostalgic, like, Sunday morning drive to church listening to some worship music. You know what? I make it a point to do that on yeah. Sundays. My parents, when when I woke up every Sunday morning, speaking of being able to hear things outside of your room, um, there was always, like, worship music playing in the house on Sunday mornings. And then we would listen to it on the way to church. So I... I I have a a lot of memories, and there are some like '90s and early 2000s Christian songs that are bangers. That I will hear, and I could cry. Like, there's just the nostalgia is so fierce in my heart, right? That like, so so it has. It's been a part of my life for a long time. I also have some dissenting opinions about it. Uh, like, and I there are things, some things that I really don't like, and um, there are some things that I think really reflect a worldly entertainment type culture. Okay. And um, again, it's like we can or, or don't have to like get into that some, but so yeah, it's like, I'm not just like, love it. It's all great. It's the best. Like, but I do see, like you said, I think it's a great thing. I think there's a lot of good in it and I want to talk about it. Let's do it. Where are we at time wise? Just so I, we're at 33. Oh, that's beautiful. We can, okay. we can go to, we can go to now. We can go to hour 15. We like actually we have around an hour 15, 27 minutes or we can go a little bit longer. It's okay. Fine. That's fine. Okay. So I just wanted to provide, okay. So I'm a context guy. I'm a okay. history guy. I, I cannot, it is against my nature to be able to talk about something without being like, what is this? Where does okay. it come from? What's the deal? So I, I did some, some research and put together just some stuff, some first principles, just some foundational stuff. So okay. uh, some of the, if I'm, if it sounds like I'm reading, it's because I mostly am, but okay. essentially like worship is essential to the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and really, if you think about any religion, worship is a big deal. It's right. like essentially religion, like most religions are based off of like, Oh, we have this deity or a God or a being of some way that we see as higher than ourselves. That is worthy of our, devotion right and so we submit ourselves to this person or being and we worship them Mm -hmm. so that's obviously like very foundational very key the christian religion has used music for a very long time as an expression of worship to god is that is that um i lost the word just keep going okay and maybe it'll explain it um essentially like the the history of musical expression is is a an interesting thing that I think like teaches us not only about like Christian culture, but also about like the culture of Christians and and like Hebrews all the way back through history. And yeah, I mean, I just think it's interesting as you go back as as early as Exodus, you have examples of songs that like <clears throat> I think I wrote this down. Uh, so yeah, like the first song that we hear in the Bible or that we read is in Exodus 15, which is right after Moses and the Israelites come out of Egypt mm-hmm. and into, uh, they go to Mount Sinai. The first thing Moses does 
when they get out of the Red Sea is there's this chapter that's like the Song of Moses. And he's praising God for like freeing them and taking them out of captivity. And then like you see more and more of that in the the first five books of the Bible. And then the Psalms is like a collection of praises, laments, right. exaltations, like just all these different kinds of songs for like the Christian life. Right. Um, which I think so. So there, I wrote something in here that I really liked. So Marty Solomon, he is a campus minister and he's also a host of a podcast called the Bay Ma discipleship podcast. But Bay Ma That's the best. Here's what he says. Shout out Nick Reagan. I don't oh, know if you listen to this, bro. but shout out. Thank you so much for putting us on that podcast. Uh, this is what Marty Solomon has to say about the Psalms. The importance of music in our communal walk is immeasurable. There is something in our heart and soul that has to sing. As you find yourself in the cycle of struggle and redemption, there are moments where one of the few things you can hold on to is song. In our dark moments, we don't turn to statements of faith or belief, but we find solace in song. Okay, wow. I know. I've never thought about that. How true is that, though? The, it's very true. Yeah. That's, that's Just hearing that kind of moved me. It's a moving statement. Emotionally. And his whole thing in the podcast about the Psalms is he, he very much is one of these guys theologically that believes that the, the whole of the scripture is a narrative and it's teaching us about God all the way through. Mm-hmm. And that song and the, the gift of the Psalms is essentially this statement of like, in your life, as you journey through the struggle of the highs and lows of following God, you're going to need to sing. Like, you'll, you'll need to hmm. sing as you walk. You'll need to sing as you cry. Like, there is something woven into our hearts that needs to express. And song is a gift that, like, helps us do, do that. How interesting. Right. But I think about it, and I'm like, yeah, like, in general, I don't find myself a very expressive person. But you sing. But I sing. And I love it. And, wow. and music... Okay, so here's a here's a great story uh, and an example of this. So in 2020, like two weeks before COVID hit, Lindsay took me to go see the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles are like top three all-time favorite bands. I grew up listening to the Eagles. They're the soundtrack of my childhood. And we went and saw them, and it was this amazing concert. Well, for the, the following week, it was a Sunday night, the rest of that week, I just found myself just kind of emotional. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not a super emotional person, but like I would find myself working on something or sitting and just like sitting back and being like, gosh, man, like that was such an experience. Mm-hmm. And I like finally thought about it and ended up, this was before we were married, ended up writing Lindsay a letter just saying like, you don't understand what taking me to that concert meant to me. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it was this moment of like, I'm experiencing songs that are more than songs. Mm-hmm. When I when I hear Hotel California or when I hear any you know any Eagles song, I'm thinking of like being out on the lake with my family on Labor Day. Right. I'm thinking of running around with my buddies like early on in, in elementary school when like yeah I would listen to him with my buddy and his dad driving to Rangers games. Or you know what I mean? It's right. Like, that's what that is, and I think music has the ability to do that. In a way that, like, yeah, I love that he says when we have difficulty and when we have 
trouble, like we don't go like, oh, what's that statement from our from our missional belief? It's right. Like, nobody does that. Right. What's that the like? What's that theological truth? It's like no, we think of this line in some song that we sing on Sundays. Right. And no, I like, totally. Oh, and I can hold on to that. I totally agree. Like, uh, this is this is interesting, and I it, it perfectly lines up with what you're saying. But when I was uh, stricken with COVID and on the brink of what sometimes felt like death. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> when I was up at night, that's what I was doing. Yeah. There was nothing else to do. Yeah. And it just felt like the first thing to do was just to sing. Which is crazy. It's crazy. But it's, I think, I think it's, it's exactly. It's exactly what he's right. saying. It's, it's what built he's, in. It's what he's getting at. Yeah. And when you look at the book of Psalms, something that I love, which a lot of people don't really realize and think about. So you have songs of praise, adoration, you have songs of exaltation. You have songs for travel and pilgrimage, which was a big part of their, the the Jewish, you know, what they did. yeah, what they did back yeah. in the day. And you also have songs of lament, mm-hmm. which I think is we can get into this later, but for now, it's like having psalms written out. So I think it's Psalm twenty three. No, maybe it's Psalm thirteen. Yeah, Psalm thirteen. I think. It's just this psalm of like, essentially David over and over is like, God, where are you? Mm-hmm. It appears as though you have forsaken me. Are you ever going to like come back? You know what I mean? It's like, and, and I think a lot of us can have, you read that and I think you have this ability or at least you can relate in such a way that's kind of like, oh, I feel like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so yeah, the, the spectrum is just wide on what kinds of like songs we can sing and how we can do like essentially worship God even in it, all of those different emotions and like things that you feel and go through right throughout life. And so so anyway, that's like that's some of the history as the Bible moves forward. You start to see worship through song in the temple in the synagogue. And then in the early Christian community, Ephesians 5 says, Encourage one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Mm -hmm. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord. Like that's an early, Ephesians is an early Christian, um, a new, like essentially like what we might say, a Gentile or non-Jewish church. Church plan. Yeah. And so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So essentially the easiest way to do this is like that's the, the foundation from Ephesians to today, we've had 2,000 years of differences in tradition and, and ways that people have worshipped. Um, and, you know, we could get into that. The, the, the interesting thing that I kind of want to take us is, like, where how did we get to where we are today okay. with modern Christian music? Um, I got an interesting thing for you. Sure. I took a history of music class. Oh, did you? In college, yeah. And so I actually, well, I don't remember a whole lot of it, but I do know that it kind of, we have what you have. And mm-hmm. then kind of in the, the early church state in the medieval times, wherever, we have chants, uh-huh. which are kind of songs. And then we kind of get to hymns yeah. and then to where we are now. Yeah. That's, I didn't know that you did. Was it, a, it wasn't a church music class, was it? No, it was at Colin. But they just talked about like. I mean, that's like what music yeah. did yeah. through the ages. So right. There was no so, way to get around okay, it. Okay. So I like that you said that because essentially the church and culture at large have like influenced each other at times in history. Mm-hmm. 
And instrumentation in worship is kind of like a, a big deal. It was for a long time. I think for a lot of us now, we don't really think about it much. Right. But yeah, for, for many years, people just sang hymns and just like would gather and read the scripture together and then would sing these hymns together. And then in the medieval or the Middle Ages, 10th, 12th century, Western Christians began using organs mm-hmm. in their gatherings, which was kind of like the first time that in, in like an instrument was like instituted like with uh, regularity in, in musical services. Is, is that true? Because the Bible shouts out the harp and the lyre on a regular right. basis. And I don't know. There's also trumpets and such. Right. But was that, I guess that wasn't necessarily involved as an instrument so, in right. the song. So something we don't think about is like those things were not used. They weren't like widely available. Obviously. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're you know, you got David who, who had access to like all these things. But your average person was not like. Okay. Ma- like making music with harps and lyres okay. and, and, and trumpets and whatnot. That's fair. Which is, is also an important thing to take note, like to notice as we move forward in history. That's one of the reasons that the music industry like doesn't really take off until post-World War II. Like in the sense that we understand it, right? Mm-hmm. Like there were all there were always famous singers or famous composers and things like that, right? But like your average Joe wasn't buying a guitar in nineteen ten or okay. or in, really any time before, that. right? And so we're getting ahead of ourselves, but that that is a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, my computer died. Yeah. Um, so luckily or hopefully, we'll just we'll riff. we'll figure it out. <laughs> We got this. I got thoughts in my head. You got thoughts in your head. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so, so yeah, you have organs, and then around the 16th century in the Reformation, when you kind of get this Protestant-Catholic split, mm-hmm. you have differences in opinion of like how or even if instruments should be used in worship. Um, the the Protestants, ironically enough, were like pretty anti-instruments in worship. Um, I didn't know this until I kind of researched it more, but instruments were kind of seen as like, like people just had this essentially like predisposition of like, oh, you don't, you shouldn't be doing that in church. Like, it's like, I wonder if instruments were used by like jesters and stuff like that from, I, from it, the kings you know, and that such. That might be worth looking into, but we, I don't know. We can't now because yeah, you're you know, dead, but it's just, fine. Yeah. That's on me. I should have charged, but I didn't charge. And now we're here. We're fine. Um, but yeah, so Catholics were actually pretty okay with it. Protestants in general were not. These are just massive generalizations. Um, but then in the like 1900s, as different cultural movements started happening, first one that comes to mind is like these revivals mm-hmm. that were kind of like Billy Graham, right? right? Like these big, you know, tens of thousands of people revivals. You shouted out Billy Graham as one of the first revivals. Is that well, like John Edwards and all those well revivals and stuff? Right. That was those. You're talking about like the Great Awakening. Oh yeah, those yeah, yeah, are yeah. earlier, like 1700s. I think right. the revivals, not the revivals. Right, right, right. So <laughs> the yeah, yeah, but you're that's a good that's a good point because um, there were other people that did things like that before Billy Graham. But right. Billy Graham, I think, is one of the most like people might know. 
who he is. That's fair. Um, so you have people like that, and you have these massive arenas being filled with people. And then at the same time, sometime in there, you've got essentially the like hippie movement. Right. Oh, yeah. And you've got like this whole anti-war, you know, free love, all this kind of deal. Um, mm-hmm. Mixing with the youth of America. And at like one of the prominent identities like that was super core to that movement was music. Right. Um, and but this was also the same at the same time where like religion in America like was still fairly prominent. Mm-hmm. And so you have these people growing up in churches, they're singing songs. Well then you're hearing this music on the radio and you got your friends that are like into all this hippie stuff. Right. And so you, I mean, a lot, that's why you kind of hear people joking, you know, back in the sixties and seventies about like the devil's music. Right. It's Mm -hmm. like people were worried that this cultural secular music was going to pull their kids right out of Christianity. Right. Um, which in a lot of ways it probably did, Mm -hmm. but this is, I mentioned this earlier. You start, you start getting this mix of like, okay, culture and Christianity they influence each other. To what degree do is that a bad thing? To what degree is that a good thing? Like that's a t- totally other different conversation, right? But it's at play. I I, I would agree. Yeah, hundred percent. And so, um, what ended up happening is you had these people who were like, okay, the kids, the youth, love music. This is where they're going, right? Let's integrate this into our churches. Mm-hmm. Let's use bands and musicians to write Christian music and let's sing them in our churches. Right. And, and that ended up kind of producing a a movement of Mm -hmm. like, this became a fairly normal thing. Obviously there was pushback in a lot of ways. Right. Um, and this is all happening as things like the radio, Uh, like obviously the radio had been around for a while, but Mm -hmm. like popular radio was coming, coming around and the music industry was becoming a big deal. You have the Beatles and the Stones and the British Invasion all coming over to America, and you have very popular people like touring and making music professionally. Right. And all of this is kind of swirling together. And then over time, you get now, I mean, now we're sitting here in like the last 30 years, there's been Christian radio. Right. You've got popular, very well, like successful, you know, really well achieved people like mm-hmm. Michael W. Smith or what's that? Amy Grant. Oh, um, Phillips Craig's and Dean. Phillips Craig and Dean. <laughs> Phil, yeah. Phillips Craig. Yeah. Craig. Yeah. I wanted to Craig's and Dean's. Um, put too many S's on there. Yeah. I'm trying to think about who else there's. I mean, well, so Keith green, you like Keith green, Keith right? Green. Yeah. Uh, he was like way back like seventies. Yeah. He was part of that like kind of hippie, mm-hmm. hippie uh, Christian movement. Um, then you had this weird thing in the eighties where like, People took that to another level, and they're like, man, well, all these rockers are going crazy, so let's just do Christian rock. Like, Let's just make a metal band, but just write Christian songs. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so the Christian industry essentially got to a point where, in general, people were going, okay, here's where we're headed. Here's our opportunity, so let's jump in. Mm-hmm. The music industry is out there. It's crazy. It's one of the most successful industries in the world. Our young people and all people are influenced by it. Why not 
hop in and and offer people music that would like point them to Jesus. Yeah. And so in obviously very short and in super concise summarized terms, that's how we got to where we are. Okay. And now we sit here today and you have giants in the music industry mm-hmm. who are solely Christian bands. Right. And um I guess so so that kind of gets us to where we are. I guess my first question would be like what do you think about some of that? <laughs> so I have I mean golly. <laughs> you dropped a lot on me. Um I have a thought. It's not an original thought. I've heard this from somebody else. Um but it kind of goes along with what you're saying. In such that Christianity has kind of influenced art. Um, uh-huh. I think a lot of early paintings mm-hmm. and or sculptures was Christian-based. You have the Sistine Chapel. Right. You have a lot of the other stuff. What? Yeah. Oh. Um, and and then you have contemporary and, and secular art come into play, um, paintings and right. sculptures and all that. Um, and then the same thing, like kind of what you were saying, happened yeah. with music. Um, and then it got kind of... I don't really want to use the word infiltrated, but for lack of a better word, infiltrated by the secular. Um, but what it seems to me is that Christianity has a had a hard time keeping up with music. Okay. What do you mean keeping uh, and, up with and, music? And I'll say I'll say this that I I separate worship music and like contemporary. Oh, I'm glad Christian that you music. said that. Yeah. Um, and I I think we need to. I mean, I do that. I don't think everybody has to, but I do think that there is... Sure. There's a difference. There, there is a difference, yeah. 100%. Yeah, and I think I think in general people understand that, which is why you have... But I don't know if they do like, because you have, you, have, you have KLTY playing everything. But they, but they, bring, they play both. But it's kinda con- it can be confusing. So you know what's kind of interesting? I think this is a random example, but I think... So like Spotify... Mm-hmm. They'll they'll separate. It'll be like modern, like contemporary Christian music, and then it'll say like worship music. Okay. And you have your Hillsong, Bethel, Elevation, Maverick City, mm-hmm. and and they're these bands that are writing songs for worship. But then you have these, you know, off the top of my head, like Jeremy Camp, uh, Toby Mac, mm-hmm. um, Lauren Daigle, some of both, right. Who else? You got like Chris Tomlin, which you kind of he, he goes back. And he goes forth. a little bit of both. Um, Stephen Curtis Chapman kind of goes back and forth. Right. Casting crowns, sure. more more. What so you're talking okay, about. so yeah, so okay. I'm uh, yes, okay. This is hard to. It gets hard. Yeah, yeah. I think some artists do both, but some artists definitely separate. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a difference. One is is popular. It's it's essentially popular music. We, okay, ah, uh, here's a good idea. Here's a way to put it. How, how do we how do we here's talk about this? It. Well, you know how like there's con- like popular country music, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's like essentially it would be as if you and I put took some pieces of paper and we just wrote boots, dirt, truck, whiskey, beer, right, and and women. put it in a bowl and then just yeah, and wrote a song, right. It's Christian music is like doing that with Christian words: cross, grace, yeah. mercy, Grave. love, freedom, right, yeah. Throw them in a bowl, pull them out, and now we write a contemporary you, Christian song. With, with, uh, with 
three specific chords that everybody else uses. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the, the whole thing about a four-chord Christian song is like a very real oh, thing. Oh, four. Sorry. Yeah, three, four. I mean, it depends on what you're doing with it. But, Sorry. yeah, it's a real thing. You can, yeah. Yeah. So, but worship, I think, a lot of times is is, is more, it's, it's a song or whatever written for the purpose of, like, we're we're going to sing this in our gathering mm-hmm. to worship God, right? Whereas like a Christian music song is like, oh, this may not even be to God; it might just be about Him, right? Or about a Christian thing. Mm-hmm. I how do I say this? I, I should have thought this out. I think that Christian music can be it, it can get boring because of the fishbowl thing. And I think that that when that music is being created, you're kind of forgetting the humanity of Christians. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm gonna shout out um, Philip. Pr- no, Price. What is that? Gable Price. Gable Price. So that music feels more genuine to me. Uh-huh. Um, and and even Need to Breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, as they are Christians in a band, right? Not necessarily a Christian band. Right. Um, and even like Lecrae does this kind of thing uh-huh. because they are Christians making music, right? Not making music for Christians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah, I know what you mean by that. Do you have any thoughts? On, yeah, on that? I, I have a lot. Absolutely, I a hundred percent agree. So, for example, so I'll you know every once in a while I'll listen to some Christian radio, and and as a worship pastor, mm-hmm. I and I'll just say this. I mean, I, you got to keep hip with the times. Yeah, but at the same time, I over and over and over again, people will be like, "Oh, you you should do the song. You need to," and and I'll listen to it. And time and again, my thought is just like, "This just isn't saying anything." There's nothing like shout shout out some songs that you think that about. I want to do that. Let's do this right now. I mean, this, I know the first one. That's on top oh, of your you? head. Yeah. What is it? Um, it's it's the the artist is uh. C-A. C-A? Is it Corey Asbury? Yeah. What's the song? Reckless Love. Okay. So that song, there's a difference between me not liking songs okay. and me thinking that the songs just aren't communicating something. I actually think Reckless Love is communicating a pretty interesting message. It's saying like, oh yeah, by the way, like God just doesn't, he doesn't just love you. Like he loves you to the point where he did something pretty crazy to get you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so the communication there, I think, is is good. My problem is there are sometimes songs that become so large and so overplayed and overdone that, like, it it almost takes on something more than the song. Okay. And reckless love, I think, kind of took on this like young adult Christian hipster vibe, like. Oh, just the reckless love. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just I know. That kind of saying. gross, cringy, like uh-huh. Christianity. Uh huh. Another example of that is Oceans. Oceans was a was a hurricane. It was a hurricane. But you know what? Oceans is a great song, mm-hmm. and the bridge of that song, it's like Spirit, lead me where my trust is without, without borders. borders. Mm-hmm. Like that whole thing. There's some cool stuff in there. Yeah. The same thing happened. It just became this like you saw like Spirit Lead Me merch and you saw it just it was just this it became this stamp for the like 
mega church young adult Christian of like, oh, this is my jam. Like, mm-hmm. This is for me. You mm-hmm. know, it just kind of took on a cringy Christian thing. Uh-huh. And also, side note, do you remember when we went to New York City? I said that weird. New York City in like, when was that? 2014? Yeah. 15 maybe? 15, yeah. <clears throat> it was huge. Oceans was huge. We went to Hillsong, New York. Right. Do you remember that at all? Was, wasn't it like a, they dropped streamers from the sky or something like okay, that? Okay, well, they? They, yeah, that's a whole different thing. They, okay. they did this whole streamer thing. They So the worship pastor made a comment about riding oceans. I missed this. It was disgusting. I mean, he literally, I'll reenact it for you. He said something about like, this is a, when they were about to play Oceans. Mm-hmm. You know, standing up there doing his whole gross thing. And he was like. Because we, we, we went to Hillsong. Right. We I, went to Hillsong, yeah, yeah, New yeah. York, probably, you know, months after. I, we should fact check this. But sometime in, within a year it after. Was with, it was within oceans, the Oceans days. Yeah. It was a major Oceans days. And he literally was like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> when me and whatever the guy's name was, you know, when we wrote oceans and like the crowd just went crazy and he and that's what he was doing right. he wanted that like right. and it, i just remember feeling disgusted well then they sang oceans for probably 15 minutes it's so long no like well, it's yeah, already yeah. long right, it's already long but then they, they just, just like draw it out they just the bridge over 30 mm-hmm. times whatever right and i just remember sitting there we would obviously had been walking around new york for a long time i was i was exhausted but i just remember sitting there and looking around and being like dang which is something I want to get into. It's just like, man, I just don't feel like this is what this is for. Right. Yeah. Like it d- very much seemed like an exaltation of a thing in the song. Then it was like, oh, I'm worshiping God right now. Right. Right. right, right. Which again, we can get into. But I feel like we were somewhere else, and now we're here. Well, I want I want you to to hot takes. Oh, hot takes on songs. Songs that are are empty. Oh, jeez. What's I, that dry bones rattling song? That's a Lauren Daigle song. This is the sound of dry bones. Oh, rattling? that's elevation. Yeah, I think that one's kind of empty. I can't remember anything about yeah. it, but that's the chorus. Okay, here's my thing. I'll say this, and and maybe hopefully this will be sufficient mm-hmm. because it's hot take enough. I feel like on just in general. Hot take right. I'm, I'm gonna zoom in on your face alone. <laughs> look at that camera. In general, right I don't want to look at the camera. <laughs> I know the camera's on me. I just feel like there's so there's such a big problem with like I'm gonna name all of them because I don't want to just single out one. Mm-hmm. Maverick City, Elevation, Bethel, Hillsong, like the whole deal. Because they're they exist. It's 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 a music industry. Mm-hmm. I do believe their heart is like we want to create you know music for people to worship to. That's a thing, but they're powerhouse worship bands. Like they exist, and if if you watch the Hillsong documentary, I don't know if you've ever watched I haven't, this. I haven't. Seen it kind of talks about the the rise and fall, not of Mars Hill, but of Hillsong. Nice. And dude, they're bringing like they're bringing in. I want to say like tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars to the Hillsong brand yearly. Right. Well, it that's is, something that I feel weird about. Especially a money-making machine. Right. And I, I feel really strange about it when they tour. Okay. 
it's so yeah. strange to me that people would buy a ticket to go like why why are there even tickets right to go to one of those shows right. it should be a first come I'll first tell you serve why. you want to know why because it makes money <laughs> yeah but that's i don't it's icky okay that's what i'm saying this is exactly what i'm saying so people people and this is another thing they just uh, hillsong drops an album you know what then happens all the churches in the world just go great that's we're cycling through that as mm-hmm. our net. So these churches again. This we're not, I'm not making a statement about th- this being good or bad. Okay, this is just what happens. Right. You have four Maverick City, Bethel, Elevation, Hillsong. Oh, and they're influencing. They're influencing every church in America. Right, and in the world. Right, because they just put out the music, and. This is why I this is why I take the stance that I do, which is mostly you send me a song, ninety percent of the time I'm gonna say I'm not bringing that into our church, because and I say ninety, I'm just saying I'm very I'm very I'm very walls up about this mm-hmm. because our I mean it's it's we just grab it and consume it and then go, what's that saying? My walls my walls are down. I just will take what is popular right now mm-hmm. and assume that it's going to be theologically sound and good to bring into our community to lead worship in. Right. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you about all that. I think it feels weird. I think it's, you know, I think it's hard. Now, that being said, I bring some of those songs. Right, because they do make... Because they make good music. Yeah. And they do, a lot of times, a great job with... You know, like, and I've I've watched some videos here and there of people explaining how they wrote songs and things like that, or where the song comes from. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes people write a song, and again, you kind of use that whole dry bones thing. That's that is the rattle, like, mm-hmm. yeah, this the, the the chorus just kind of repeats, like this is the sound of dry bones rattling, like open the grave, I'm coming out. Like, I'm like, okay. These are that feels more like a CCM song than it does a worship song, right? Or You're, like it, it might get loud, yeah. That one, yeah. That yeah. I mean, that's just a, I mean, pretty it's, much well, like it's a rock a, song. It, it's a rock song yeah. to to start off a concert, right? And that, so, yeah, there there are just definitely times where I listen to a song. I'm like, man, this is just a song with some generic Christian adjacent themes thrown in there, right? Right. Dry bones rattling. Okay, that's you know out of Ezekiel or Elijah, or, you know somewhere not Elijah the prophet, not the book of Elijah. That's not a thing, but somewhere in the Old Testament, the days of there, yeah, the days of Elijah, and and there's a a reference to dry bones coming to life. Mm-hmm. Okay, great, and and the the connection there is that's what happens to us when Jesus comes into our life. We're dry bones, we come to life. Right, I get it. Mm-hmm. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. It's not worship. No, no. Like, I don't know. So, again, like, I, I preface that I'm going to say some, say some things that, like, I don't know. I feel like people disagree with that. But I... And I'm, that's fine. It's okay. Um, however, and then you and I said, like, but there are some non-Christian bands that will write songs, like, that I, I will be heavily moved by. Mm-hmm. And I will see as, like, worshipful. Um, the one that comes to mind, you mentioned Gable Price. He has a song called Heretic. Uh, and I, I'll preface they they probably are a Christian band, not Christians in a band. Right. Well, their songs are mostly themed Christian. They're, they're themed Christian, but they don't. They're not played in a 
Like, you wouldn't hear those songs in church, necessarily. Right. So, well, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. I don't know how to word that better. Yeah. They're not written to be worship songs, but they right. are worshipful, worshipful yeah. in their words. Well, I think worship songs are written musically in in a lot of ways. To be easy to catch on yeah, to yeah, and to sing. To be easy to sing group. and easy to play. Right. And Gable, like, a lot of those Christian bands that are not writing songs for church, they're still wanting to, like, write good music. Right. King's Kaleidoscope so, right, is another so one. you have really interesting musical pieces and drum solos and guitar solos and difficult vocals and things like that, like, because they're not writing it to be sung in a church. I like that. Which I, is great. Yeah, that's what it's, it is. And, and I think there's, that should happen, yeah. right? It's like, there should be bands that go like, oh, yeah, we're all Christians, but we're not, like, our goal is not to write Worship songs. We're not to get. We're not trying to get our no, song into a church. We're just trying. We love music. We're trying to write good music. Right. The so the lyrics will be about Jesus. Right. Or what it means to be a disciple or whatever. Right. Like and and that's something that I don't think is happening or didn't happen, especially in the two thousands uh-huh. in contemporary yes. Christian music. Yeah, I would argue that that is a fairly new thing. Or their attempt at it was was not very good. Yeah. Um, no, because it all kind of sounds the same. I think you're right. Like I think I remember when Need to Breathe kind of first came up because we, you know, followed them for a long time, mm-hmm. and I remember explaining to people, like, "Oh yeah, like I'm a really big fan of Need to Breathe. They're not like a Christian band. They're kind of like a rock band, but they're all Christians. And pretty much every album that you listen to, they have one or two songs that are like explicitly about God, right? But but. Yeah, it's something like, beautiful, right? What something beautiful. Song. I mean, something. the garden. Um, yeah, like uh, what's that one? You love it. Multiplied. Oh, great like there, song. there are songs that I'm like, he's talking like he's very explicitly talking about God or his relationship with God or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then eight other songs on the album are not about that, right? And but that I don't think I agree with you. I don't think that was the case in the '90s and in the early 2000s. It was like, oh, you're in this Christian genre like your songs need to be about friendship or about you know uh redeem like a redeemer of some kind you know what i mean it's right like and those i think kinds of uh things th- there are people that i that i know or at least they they used to have the stance that if like it was going to be a christian song it needed to mention god mm-hmm. um, uh, that's a good point yeah um because there would they, there'd be like those songs that are kind of ambiguous you're like are oh, they talking about a, a yeah, woman they're talking like about god thing, they're trying to be yeah, a little yeah. bit of, yeah right and they're like well if it's a christian song it has to mention god Hard and fast rule. For sure. And I do think those can be kind of confusing, but I don't, I mean, it's still. That just reminds me uh, that the book of Esther has no mention of God. Do you know that? It, it doesn't. You're right. It doesn't. It's a story about how God is working in a situation. Yeah. But it never says like, oh, and then the Lord said this or Esther prayed to God and like it doesn't at all. Interesting. How about that? Anyway. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, some of that stuff like really moves me the the stuff that's not explicitly yeah well, continue talking about heretic oh, I, I so her- heretic yeah it's essentially this song about like he's talking about jesus and how radical jesus was at the time and um and essentially how like following him means you need to be radical in the sense of like your your beliefs and your practices like if you're following jesus you're not following Christianity. Something this, is going to be changed in you right, as well. This calmed down version of like, well, you just attend a church and you try not to do some bad things and you try to do some good things. Like he's essentially saying like, you ought to look like Jesus. Mm-hmm. You, you ought to be different. And the, the course says like, 
uh, offend my mind so that I can know you more. Yeah. Break my heart so it looks more like yours. Yeah. And great, I like I've listened lines. to that song so many times over the last like two or three months whenever I saw them, and that speaks more to me than like. You turn grave. You turn graves into gardens. Dry bones. Dry I, bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In general, well, yeah, graves yeah. into gardens. I I actually think is a pretty good song. But anyway, um, there. Uh, yeah. So, but but that like I'm like okay, the concept of like Jesus should offend my American mind. That is a more. That's that's a that's, that's a, a hot take in our Western world. Hundred percent, and it should it should be that way. That's the right. whole idea. Is he's saying like, if you're if you go to a church and your church is just like, essentially complying with all of our American ideals, like you're not following Jesus. You're right. following an American version of some religion. Right. And similarly, so so what his prayer is is like, Jesus, I know who you are. I know I'm not there, mm-hmm. so I need you to offend me. Yeah. I need you to break my heart because that's what looks like you. Right. Not this. Mm-hmm. That is so much more moving. Right. Okay, John Mark McMillan, similar. He's he's a, he's 100% a Christian, 100% writing Christian music. Right. The imagery used in his, his music is so much more compelling to me than some Christian worship stuff. He has a song called The Road, The Rocks, and The Weeds. It's all about it's it's based on the parable of the so- sower. Mm-hmm. The image he uses is a sequoia tree. Sequoia trees take a century to to grow. So the idea that he talks about is like you know you're planting something that you're not going to see. Like Ooh. but you should plant it anyway. Right. So there's this line that says, "Shall I plant sequoias and revel in the soil of a crop I know I'll never live to reap?" Ooh, but that again. So I do youth ministry. Mm-hmm. That song has meant so much more to me than insert general Christian song right. about like you know a little more like Jesus, a little less like me. Like you know, it's like stuff yeah. like that. Like because I think day in and day out when I talk to a student and when I tell them something, when I when I read the Bible with them, and then they leave, and I just think. Okay, what's going to happen there? Right. I think sequoia tree, plant, God, you're going to grow it. That's not my job. I planted. Right. I watered, but I don't grow. You grow. Right. And hopefully, God willing, that's something that's going to grow way bigger and take way longer over time than I'll ever see. Mm -hmm. And that's the purpose. It's living a life that you're not just building something short and here. Yeah. You're building something that's lasting past you. Right. That's a concept that's way more meaningful. Yeah, it's cold in here, but I just got chills from you saying that. <laughs> like, But that's what I'm saying. It's like you can you can write these songs, and some, in my opinion, some of the... Yeah, go ahead. It's gotten less poetic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I even think hymns are more significantly more poetic than our modern songs. It, that it just, it just hit me. What is being pumped out is easy to consume, yeah. easy to replicate, and because of that, it's less meaningful because we're not – I don't – I want to be careful how I say this, but people aren't trying very hard. Sure. Oh, I mean, I, I would say on the whole that's probably true. Again, there's always going to be songs that and, – and you just never know that like maybe people put a ton of effort into. That's and true. And then we would sit there and go, yeah, 
Clearly not. But I think in I think in general, you can look at what the purpose of contemporary Christian music is is doing, and I think that's true. I think it's clear that they're trying to do something that's easy to sing along to, that's easy to take and like put in your church, easy to play along. Mm-hmm. Which again, the heart behind that I think is great. Right. They're saying like you have all these churches. You don't need to write all this music. Let us, we'll write the music. Right. This is easy for y'all to bring in and play. I'm like, yeah, that, this, that's nice. Yeah, I, yeah, because I, I don't think that, that say, your, your Mav City or Elevation is right. attacking from an angle of what can we do to make as much money as possible, as easy right. as possible, right? that kind of thing. I do think they're probably attacking it from an angle that's like, we have the resources sure. to make these songs to, to put into your oh, church. absolutely. But I think that we may, maybe are giving them too much influence. Or Okay, yes, agreed. And I will, I'll say this too on the other side of that before I speak on that. Every band that we've talked about, I, there are songs of theirs that I love. Absolutely. And I, and I've, and I use, right. Like right, right, I right. sing in our, like Maverick city. I thank God we sang it this morning at church. Uh-huh. I brought that in. Like we do that. Great uh, song. Gyra. Gyra. I've sung that at CTF. Like we, it's a good song. Like mm-hmm. there are songs. And then there are others that I just go like, you're, you're going somewhere where you took an idea and you're bl- like blatantly stating something that I'm like, I don't know if that's what the scripture's talking about there. Right. Or maybe it is, but I don't know if the the best application of that is the way you're doing it. So so there's that. <laughs> nice. I kinda have to burp, but I'm trying not to well, just, <sighs> gosh, that was I, I should have switched <laughs> to my it? face. I didn't hear it, but uh, people watch people watch me doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um that's but, on me. But I agree. Actually that's on Holly because she's not here. It so. is. No, don't do that. She's 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 tired. <laughs> um, uh, in no way do I want it to sound like we're sitting sure. here and saying that that you're like your big four or your other people like you're like your Stephen Curtis Chapman or sure. your your Toby Max and whatever sure. are not are not doing good things. Right. Um, yeah, I don't. I'll, Okay, agreed. So I agree with that. I, I think we've covered both sides well. I will say another thing. I think a danger of our modern contemporary Christian music and what we see just kind of at large is, you mentioned this earlier, it's turned churches into consumers. Mm-hmm. So... I, I mean, I wish I could count on one hand. I can't. I have had many, many conversations with people about, oh, I go here or I go here because, or, or I guess rather the better way to put it was I left here. I don't go here anymore. Why? Well, the worship was this. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, the speaker was this. Mm-hmm. Again. There, there could be good reasons there, but right. but immediately off the bat, in my mind, I go, okay, you have essentially said, I this was not up to to par. Like, right. I I went somewhere and the the band wasn't very good. Right, right, and it just immediately makes me go back to like, okay, so now what we've gotten is a culture, a subculture of Christianity, where it's pretty common. For people to base where they attend church. More than that, if you're a Christian, you know what church ought to be. 
It's not just a place you attend. Right. You base where you're going and where you plug your life into on your standards yeah. of, of good. Was it, was it up to my liking? Was it not, right? And I will say, though, I totally hear what you're saying, but I have been to churches before where the, the worship and, like, the band was just unbearable. Like, they were just not good. Mm-hmm. And it just made that segment of church kind of worthless. Sure. And I do, I do find corporate worship important right. to me. Oh, well, absolutely. So, like, if I... So, I agree with you. The thing that comes to mind then to me is we we put so much emphasis on that experience, which I do. I agree. It's important. Mm -hmm. Like for most of Christianity, people just gathered and sang hymns. You know what I mean? Right. And and I, I had an experience a couple weeks ago. I can't remember if I told you this or not, where I went to this church with Lindsay and my grandma and the median age of the member, the members at at this church was like 76, Mm -hmm. very old church. And they do this thing. There's actually one tonight and I really wish I could go, but I can't. They just, they do it like once a month and they just call it hymn sing. And their pastor is like 70 years old Mm -hmm. and he sits behind a piano and the piano is not plugged into anything. And they have hymn, hymn books in front of you, and everyone walks in and sits down, and he'll just go, page 513, and everyone turns, and he starts playing, and everyone's singing. There's no mm-hmm. microphones, there's no, and and they just do that for an hour. Right. And, like, one of the things that blew my mind was, like, I could hear everyone else's voice. Right. Just as loud as I could hear the guy leading. And there was nothing... Never was I thinking about the quality of anything because the worship had nothing to do with what the guy leading it was doing. The worship was all of us singing together. Right. So so when you introduce what a lot of churches have introduced today, which is professional style worship. Well, and, the, and the production of and it And the all. production, it becomes about that. And so if you don't do well, it's noticeable. That's because when that person is facilitating, mm-hmm. we, we put so much emphasis and so much like rides on how well they're leading us, not how, how like important is the body's role in worship. That, that does lead into something that I've, I've always thought was kind of interesting in, in that when we when we sing in church, it looks exactly like a concert. Because mm. I have I have been in a worship, um, what would you say, environment uh-huh. where rather than looking at a stage, you, we circled yeah, up yeah. and sang to each other and got to look right. around each other, and it was it was a completely different experience. Hundred percent. And so I, I've always wondered what it'd be like if. Rather than us looking at the stage and and people on the stage looking back at us, if we were all turned around the other direction, what that would look like? We were all looking at whatever's displayed on the, on the backdrop of your church, whether yeah. it be a cross or just a screen or whatever. Like, right. what would that change in terms of how oh. worship is absolutely done in a church? Because so, it's it's so if you walked into oh, a church, not like yeah. I, th- I think about this semi regularly. 
if I was to not be a Christian, walk into a church and see that happening, I'd be like, what in the world yeah, is going, going on, on here? Yeah. Is it like a karaoke type yeah. thing? Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which the, the thing that stands out to me again is like, and I don't believe like there is kind of a strain of theology that's like, well, we just got to go back to what the early church was doing. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's true. Like, I don't think that the like early church was the height of Christianity and we've just like gotten worse since then. No, I wouldn't agree with that. But either. I do think it's, it's interesting to kind of go back and go like, okay, well, what were they doing? And like specifically in synagogues, they're gathering, they would gather around the word mm. and there was one person that would get up and read the word, but it was in a circle. Mm hmm. And that was that was like a on purpose. It was right. supposed to meet. It wasn't just. It was more communal, practical. It was communal. Like, right. They wanted to be a community that that gathered around the word of God. Mm -hmm. Now we're our communities look like theaters. Right. Right. It's consumerism. Right. It looks like an It looks like a concert. Right. And so yeah, I actually was talking to uh, John von Runnen about that the other day because I was thinking kind of based off that him thing, I'm like, man, it would be really weird and really cool one day if we did like a him thing, but our chairs, like we, we, if the band was up front, instead of being up front, that was just a part of a larger circle. And so the chairs start where the stage is and just go like this throughout the, but still in the middle. No, as a part of the chairs. That kind of makes sense. Oh, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you just wouldn't put chairs there; it would be the carpet, right? And then, and then, they, then the it yeah. encircles over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we would and chairs be, still in front of the band as well. No, we would be a part of the larger circle. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah, I think I'm I'm confusing it with the time that I did it, and we still had rows, oh, and I the circle got smaller the closer in you yeah. got or whatever. Yeah, that I mean that could work too, but just what it would. So my, my right. chairs in front was just the circles okay. getting smaller yeah, yeah. around it just so, to make the part of the circle, yeah. but not still not the focal point of the circle. Right. So, okay. So this is a good time to jump into something that I wanted to talk about earlier. Okay. So lament, right. Is this concept of like looking around at the world and being like, Hey, things are not as they should be. God, like, like essentially being able to express grief and pain and hurt to God mm -hmm. while also being able to express like trust. Right. And so one of the things that Marty Solomon talks about in the Psalms is just how often there are Psalms of lament mm -hmm. and what that means for like our modern worship context. Mm -hmm. And he shares this story of a couple at his church who I think had like lost a child or something. And they showed up to church the following Sunday. And I, he was like, I don't think, he said, like, essentially the whole time he was thinking, like, is there a song in this set that is is fit for where they are? Oh, right. When And really, when you look at worship music, there mostly aren't. Right. right? I would like, agree. It's mostly, like, you should feel good. You should be happy. Like, you know, it's all that. And there's there's just not a whole lot of space in worship environments and in Christian music as a whole to be real with how you feel Yeah, to, to walk in on a Sunday and be like, I really didn't want to be here yeah. because life is hard. Right. 
So is it okay for me to be here? Or do we communicate in our songs that whatever you have going on, you should be able to come in and be like, yay, I'm singing and dancing and happy. Right. right. And I just found that really interesting because I'm like, yeah, man, like on the whole, like most Christian songs are just about God's goodness, God's mm-hmm. faithfulness, which is great. We need those reminders. But I think we also need to have space in our worship for people who like are hurting badly. And I think most often the people that are there are more in that in that space well, of hurting. Not necessarily. No, no, but- no, I agree. I think you you hear people say things like, "Oh, well, in a room this size, this is probably going on." Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like right. Especially as you get into larger churches, mm-hmm. which is probably the least likely place that they're playing those kinds of songs. Right. But there's because of consumerism doubt, again, right? Without a doubt, there's difficulty there, right? Which one of the things that's been interesting, just as I've led worship over the years, we have such a small congregation that like there are there are days where I'm planning worship and I'm thinking like, well, I saw on Facebook yesterday that this person is going through this thing, right? And they're going to be here on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Oh, I re- I read our church newsletter the other day, and I know that these people, you know, this person lost their parent or this per you know what I mean it's like and I try to like factor that into right stuff but the reality is there aren't a lot of worship songs that provide space for lament I, I can think of like two right and it's probably the same two that I'm thinking of <laughs> so because I can really only think of two I think as well mm-hmm. so it's just one of those things where it's like yeah but I agree with you it goes back to like well we want you know we want to put this consumer, like consumeristic show together, right? And so, well, and I and I've heard I've heard churches talk about that as a way to like get people in the door, and once they're in the door, they can then right. hear the truth, or whatever. And it's I just the, think like, that seeker friendly type, deal. right? And I just think you have to walk a fine line. Oh, hundred um, percent. Because I I don't need smoke on Sunday mornings, right? And. You only need a few lights, and yeah. the, the lights don't need to be different colors. Right. And you don't really need a camera directly on the person singing. Right. When you have, I mean, when when those church, some churches will have, like, different people lead each song. That's totally yeah. fine. But you don't need the camera zoomed in on them one time and zoomed in on this person uh-huh. this time. And that's not what it's for. Uh-uh. No. And you know what? And I I kind of provide this role in, in various ways, but just to play the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think all those people in general are doing what they believe is best. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's one of those things where I'm like, man, I really believe I really believe in my heart that like that isn't best. I agree with you there. But I believe that the people that like get up and lead worship at churches like that mm-hmm. do it with the best intentions. Yeah, I don't think they're asking for the camera to be on them no. necessarily. No, no, no. Um and, and and on the flip side of that too, I do think that the people that are working in the production are are doing it for the right reasons. Absolutely. The the guy manning the camera, that's I mean he's worshipfully manning that right. camera. Well, with that he Sunday. has that skill, and that yeah, it's his and skill, he and he's performing it. it, and he's using I know. That's it. That's And great. so I, I I don't disagree with that. Right. No, I, I I agree with you. It's a it's a much larger thing than just being able to be like, well, that's good, that's bad. Right. But all right, we are at one thirty one. Um, wait, what? <laughs> we we've been going for an hour at this, <laughs> so. An hour and thirty minutes. We're at an hour thirty. Okay, yeah. wait. I have a que- I have one more question. Well, I, I wanted to. I wanted okay. to do hot takes. 
Wait, well, we but you can do one. Takes. Huh? Didn't we already well, do no, but I have another hot take that I wanted to say. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. That's but I mean, question, like, but... one, one, one hot take. That's each. fine. Yeah. Um, I think sloppy wet kiss is better than unforeseen. Jeez. It's not. It, it is. It's not. It is. Because what is an unforeseen kiss? What is that describing? <laughs> that sounds creepy to me. When I think sloppy wet kiss, I'm thinking of like a puppy. And oh. it's an innocent thing running up to you. It's a sloppy wet kiss or a baby. Mm-hmm. It's it's an innocent thing when heaven meets earth, like this innocent happy thing happening. An unforeseen kiss. I think unforeseen, who wants an unforeseen well, kiss? Well, fair enough. I think maybe what he's going for there is like, like we await it, but we don't know when it'll be. So it'll happen, and it's unforeseen. No, you don't think so. I don't. I don't. When heaven meets earth, like an unforeseen kiss. Yeah. Can I mean, you think? I'll, I'll can, give it to you. Think about in normal life. If he, if that's what he's describing, an unforeseen kiss, it would be not good. It's it's not welcome. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I will push back on that by saying, like, can you ever sing that song without the word "sloppy wet kiss" like taking your attention away from the song? Because I can't. I I mean I it's welcome I welcome the sloppy wet kiss part. Then you're a better man than I. I I just think, but it's, you explain that very well, and I agree with that. Okay. That's a good. That is a good hot take. That's my hot take. Okay, I have a question for you. What you got? Because we did a, a whole lot more parsing through and discussing kind of the different points of worship music, but I just wanted to know: Do you have any specific songs that like have meant a lot to you, either in your life, uh, in certain moments, or like, do you have songs from growing up that you remember being like, "Oh, dang! Like this was a big song for me," like, and I've used it. Man, I wish you would have asked me this before because this is hard to think of on the spot. What's a song like that you recall from like being a kid or or maybe, I don't know, maybe even not from being a kid, but just like. Man, I wish you would have asked me this Do earlier. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go first okay. so I can kind of think so about I it. So have, I have a Christian throwback okay. playlist in my um, Spotify. And i've got some bangers on there because there i mean there is a i believe there's like a golden era of Mm -hmm. christian music and it was that like late 90s early 2000s michael dub third day those those og bangers you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying yeah um so there uh, michael w smith like he has a handful of songs that like i go back to i'm like man these these songs like I can picture like being in the car as like a second grader Mm -hmm. and hearing, you know, Prince of Peace or um, Amazing Love. What else? Open the Eyes of My Heart. Like, there's just stuff like that. Um, As far as like songs that have really meant a lot to me, uh, Phil Wickham. He has a, an old song called Divine Romance okay. that I used to listen to a lot growing up, kind of like just personally. Like I would listen to it um, just on my own and just think about God, and it was very impactful for me. And then there's a Casting Crown song called Your Love is Extravagant that I always loved and really it kind of really meant a lot to me. And those are the first two that come to mind. I'm trying to think of. There's a song, an old Christian song called, it's called For Future Generations. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of got that like, 
early 90s, like almost late 80s kind of vibe to it. But the chorus just talks about like standing firm, like not bending or breaking to the way of the world and like being a light for future generations. And I always thought that, that was such a neat concept. That's cool. And there's a nice key change at the end, which just that's that always gets just you. takes it to the top. Yeah. Could you uh, think of anything? Um, well, one, this is like the hardest thing in the world for me is just naming a song in general. <laughs> so like, I can't remember the song or the lyrics. Right. That, I didn't even listen to the lyrics. <laughs> right. That makes it already hard for me in the first place. Um, the, the first one that kind of comes to mind, though, is uh, New Wine. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think that a, a repeated thing in my life um, that the song kind of communicates um, is just like that my, my wants and my will don't always align with mm-hmm. what God is, his will probably is. Right. Um, and so I'm always hoping that it would be, mine would be changed to look like his. Right. And I think that's one thing that song kind of aligns with in yeah. that. And so that's a great song. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really cool, like it's really well done musically. Yeah. Too. What's that? Um, is it called So Will I? What song is so that? So Will I. Is that, I like that song a lot too. So I, I think it communicates. is, I think, ama- like amazing. Right. Like and very powerful. There's a few verses in there that talk about like. Well, and, 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 and let me say this. I think the, the regular singing of it in church makes it lose right. its value. It, it definitely. Can. Because when you have a when you have a song that says when the mountains bow in reverence yeah. so will I. If you're cuz I th- I think so often in church we can sing a song and you're you're just singing the words you see on the screen right. and not thinking about what oh, you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. But when you when you hear that line and Oh, absolutely. And and I think we don't because of consumerism we're not taking in the poetry of what right. what's there sometimes but like Oh yeah, that hits. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I wish I could remember the specifics of the line, but it's later in the song, and it it talks about it makes a reference to eight 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 billion either stars or something, and it's talking about how mm. many people right are on the earth, and then it says like every something about every. Every it's something about every precious one a child you died to save if you if you gave your life to love them so will I or oh. something like that and it's like but when I but he doesn't say like every when he says eight billion he doesn't express clearly that it's about well and and billion is different from the he's used a million yeah, previously yeah, in the song yeah, yeah. and billion he ups right it. yeah which is just it just is crazy that yeah. is a that is a phenomenal song I I thought of one more oh, okay cool um and it's um. Days of Elijah. Oh yeah, and I think one one reason for that is, as you've probably seen the video, but there's a video of troops singing it. Oh, I have seen. That. I love that video so much yeah. because in that moment they don't care. It, it's oh, I know. Yeah. They don't care that they're in the military. They don't right. care that they're all grown adults. That yeah. they've probably gone through things that you and I will never see in oh, our I lives. Know, yeah. But they're doing the motions, I know. singing this song. I know. I they wish can't I knew sing the very story well. Of that. I don't either. I don't know the story. Because I've seen the video, and it is very moving. But it, it's moving, yeah. Yeah. And I always, whenever I hear that song, I think about that yeah. video. Oh, that's a great song. Man, good stuff. I've, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good, too. Christian <laughs> music. 
we need it um but yeah. we can we can improve on how we for sure um what what it what it is and what it's used for and oh, 100% how to how to make it how to distribute it how to yeah. interact with it I just now realized you're wearing a Dolly Parton shirt. Yeah, I did that. I literally didn't know that until right now. It's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, man. It sure is. <laughs> What's your favorite Dolly Parton song? Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't name. Don't ask me that. <laughs> nine to um, five. Nine to five. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Hannah's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way she'll listen to an hour and a half of this. She probably will. Should we do another, like, if you listen to this whole podcast? What's a word we we could have somebody text us? I always think that's funny when we go along. Probably, probably oh, probably Dolly. Dolly, great. That's, like, that's phenomenal. How did I not think uh, of that? Text us or text DM Dolly the nine three one four one for a chance to win. Anyway, cool. Okay, well, I thought that was fun. I, I had a good time. Um, enjoy your your meeting later on today. Thanks. I haven't had lunch yet, so I'm gonna what? Do... It's late. It's three o'clock. My watch says four because I haven't changed the oh, time. Shoot, yet. daylight. We're gonna have no. No more light here. Oh, yeah, soon. it's going to die off here in a couple hours, isn't it? I hate time change. It's it's almost gone away. It's passed in the Senate to abolish it. We're just waiting on the House to ratify. We don't know that will. That's going to change a lot. Like that's going to really change our lives. Is it though? I really think it is. It could, but I don't. I don't know the consequences. Because, that's why it hasn't been ratified yet. Because yeah, I don't know. I I mean, the sun setting at five thirty is what I expect. From November to March. Yeah, but I hate it. <laughs> I hate it for the first like two or three weeks. And then I'm kind of like, oh yeah. This is what the holiday season's like. I guess that's true. I um, do. This is going to sound weird. But I do like doing stuff at night in the dark. Yeah. There's something exciting about yeah. it. You know what and the that doesn't, says about that? Yeah, and, and, and that's what I'm alluding to. Because your deeds are evil. Shh. The men loved the dark. I'm, I'm ending this episode. <laughs> because their deeds were evil. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Yeah. I know what you mean, though. Yeah. So. There's like fireworks. There's, there's fireworks, festivities that can, movie, can't be done during the day that are better at night. Christmas lights. Lights. What are going to do with Christmas lights if the sun doesn't go down until 730? Yeah, like in July, you got to stay up till 10 to watch a fireworks show. I'm not staying up till 10 to go drive around and look at Christmas lights. I'm probably not doing it anyway. You know, like look at Christmas lights. I do, but everywhere you go, it's like if you go to a good neighborhood for good Christmas lights, so does everyone else. That's true. And you're just sitting in bumper to bumper traffic. We, we need to end this episode. <laughs> All right. Have a good day. Bye, Thanks guys. for watching. See you next time. We appreciate you thinking <laughs> with us.